This is Life Transformation Radio. Prepare to engage. Seatbelt activated. Download initiated. Your quantum journey of transformation begins in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to Life Transformation Radio. Hi, I'm Rob Actis, best-selling author of The Law of Action, voice actor, business mindset coach, the podcast whisperer, and Mr. Action himself. Life Transformation Radio is heard in over 90 countries. Thank you for joining us from all around the world. Whether it's your first time joining us or you've been listening to Life Transformation Radio for some time, I want to personally thank you. Here at Life Transformation Radio, we are committed to share more about real life. Love, the power of positivity, romance, and of course, laughter. We care about helping others find their internal drive and purpose. We celebrate life's challenges and overcoming them. Please rate and review Life Transformation Radio on your favorite podcast platform. I so appreciate it. On the show, my guests are amazing people who are forces for good in the world around them and live a life of transformation. My guest today does just that. Today, Ira Davis and I discuss discovering your purpose and how to unlock world-changing dreams to help transform yourself into who you are meant to be. If you want to live a life of purpose, do something meaningful and fear less, we'll be talking about that, this is the show for you. My friend Ira Davis is a former Marine Corps drill instructor, is a skydiver, Yeah, we won't talk about that. Okay, we will. A dream development coach and founder of the Dream Diver Company. This transformational coaching company teaches world-class leaders who are searching for something greater how to discover their purpose, dive for their most audacious dreams, and how to destroy their biggest fears. Ira has worked with six to eight-figure entrepreneurs and executives, NFL Hall of Famers, Grammy Award-winning singers, Olympic athletes, pastors, churches, and colleges to help them discover their purpose and die for their dreams to impact the world through his speaking, coaching, filmmaking, and you see what he did there? Skydiving. Ira, welcome to Life Transformation Radio. What's going on, Rob? How you doing, brother? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Glad to have you here. So I guess the theme would be Dream diving, overcoming fear. Yeah, man. I love it. I love it. Well, so you've done a lot in a very short amount of time. And first of all, I'd just like to dive in. What was it like in the Marine Corps? Like that was a, that. So what got you to, to go into the Marine Corps, first of all? Yeah, man. Great question. First of all, man, thanks so much for having me here on your incredible show, man. I'm honored and I'm humbled to be here with you to serve you and your awesome audience. Uh, what got me to go into the Marine Corps? Well, it, it you know, it's simple, uh, Rob, growing up, really feeling purpose uh, lost, right? Like feeling like that guy, when he was handing out purpose and dreams, he skipped over me. Uh, and so I kind of grew up feeling that way. I was a middle child, um, you know, I got separated from my birth mom at a very young age. She was, you know, addicted to drugs. And my father took us, got remarried to a woman who I call my mother today, who took us in and raised us. Middle child, my older brother was phenomenal, Rob, at everything he touched. Um, a scholar. My younger sister was the princess, and there I was in the middle, lost in the sauce wow. for most of my life. And so 
um, was kind of just all over the place until I hit high school. I uh, joined the Marine Corps ROTC, uh, which gave me a lot of structure. Uh, and then, I, you know, I started to see some glimpses of who I was created to be there, but uh, I, I wasn't picking up on the clues yet. Uh, but I, I, I enjoyed the leadership. I enjoyed the inspiration. And I said, man, uh, I don't want to go to college because I feel like I'll waste somebody's money, right? I'm not going to go there and do what college is for. Right. Uh, but I can see myself taking this into from pretend Marine Corps in high school to real Marine Corps uh, and, and being successful. And I, I watched this video of a drill instructor and recruit training and boot camp, and I was like, wow, I w- that's what I want to do, right? I want, I want to be a drill instructor. That's what I want to do. And so I ended up joining the Marine Corps at 17 years old. My father had to sign for me because I was too young to sign for myself. And uh, that's how I ended up in the Corps, man. 17. Wow. Now, what's the average yeah. age when they go in? They're not really 17. There's not a lot of 17-year-olds. So what's the age? Are they all 18? Or are they like 17, 18, 21, 22? How, how, what's the age? Normally it's 18. So I, I signed at 17, but I didn't ship off until I was 18. Okay. So um, the average age is between 18, and I believe the cap is 27, 29. Wow. But normally you get between 18 and, and 22, 23. But you get that whole range. Uh, typically in the summertime, you get the high school graduates. In the wintertime, you typically get the guys who are like, ah, I'm mid-20s, late-20s. My life is going nowhere, <laughs> and I got to make a move now. Yeah. Right? This, yeah. this is true. Absolutely. This, Absolutely. Yeah. I saw Stripes. I saw Stripes. Remember? You saw the movie Stripes, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So mm-hmm. that was a big tran- transformation in your life of of joining the Marines. What was that like? I always see movies where they're going to boot camp. And what was that like when you stepped off the bus and you met your drill instructor? Yeah, it was the scariest, most terrifying, most exhilarating, most life-transforming thing that you could ever do in your life. Um, That's for me being on the recruit side and for me being on the scary, the scary providing side. Right. Um, It's something that will change you forever. There's nothing like the yellow footprints on this planet. Uh, It's like uh, (laughs) the closest thing to, to, to dying and meeting God on the other side um, is, is what I can equate it to. Wow. What was it? So what was it? What did you feel? What was it like to be in that moment of like, well, because I've only seen movies and I, I just, my experience is you get off that, that bus, maybe before you get off the bus, what was that like? So you're on the bus, yeah, man. and then what happens? When do uh-huh. they when do they start letting you know that they own you? Like when does that happen? Like your property, yeah. the United States yeah. government. Yeah, absolutely. When you know you drive through those gates at Paris Island for me, I went to Paris Island, South Carolina. Okay, uh, for recruit training. Uh, showed up there in the middle of the night. Uh, drone instructor got on the bus, and and he laid down the law. Right. Uh, my name is drone instructor so and so. From this point forward etc etc when i tell you to grab your stuff and get off my bus ready move uh and from there it's a hundred thousand miles per hour for the next three months non-stop no days off no breaks uh and you go from boy to man real quick real quick wow so what's going through your head when you're on that bus and that starts like what what were you thinking you're like did i what did i just do or i'm all in what was that like (laughs) Uh, it was, it was a little bit of both. Uh, what did I do? But I'm all in, uh, there's no, there's no quit in me. 
right. uh, being that I had been exposed to, to to the Marine Corps via ROTC in high school for four years, that helps. Uh, I was pretty, I was pretty uh, well versed in what to expect, other than what it feels like to be now in it um, right. and not observing it. Right. Um, and so it was different than watching the recruiting video. It was different than being around drill instructors in passing. Uh, it, it was, hey, this is where you live for the next three months. Um, and so um, I was, I was, I was committed from from the beginning. I I knew that this is, this was a part of my journey to becoming the drill instructor who was now controlling me. Right. Uh, and so I I knew the way to get there was to go through this process. And so, um, you know, I I didn't have many skills or talents, but I knew that once I said I was going to do something, that's what I meant. So when you're looking around, you see these other recruits. And did you have a thought of like, this guy never going to make it? Did you see some amazing transformations or was it pretty spot on the ones that you knew weren't going to make it? Or were there just some people that just like totally flipped the script and they were all in and they became boy to man? Well, you know, Rob, I, I, I tried to stay in my own lane because it's hard enough being your own rec- your own self yeah. in boot camp. It's, it's, it's hard enough being your own self. But the truth is, is most – most individuals are who they are uh, all the way through, right? You see them rise to different levels right, right, or fall to different levels. Uh, but m- most people will uh, become more of what they are um, or just a little bit better. Right. Or they will completely fumble, you know, fall apart and crumble. Uh, so there's not a lot of, not a lot of surprises. Um, you know, you kind of, within the first month, you kind of see who is there. Right. Why, what they're there for and if they are there for the right reasons. Right. Uh, and the cream of the crop rises and everything else, you know, sinks. And um, so it's, it's evident, um, you know. So that's, that's, that's a pretty interesting question, though. Yeah, I, I find that fascinating. So I can just imagine the people that are smoking mirrors that are coming in all cocky and all hard and stuff. And they're getting the reality of like, you know, they may have, they may have had the golden spoon and they were good looking or really athletic or really healthy. And everybody just thought they were just, you know, the A team. And then all of a sudden they get the reality of that. They're knocking you down a couple notches. And I would just, I would just think that would be really fascinating to watch of the dynamics of how the cream is going to rise to the top. And then the, you know, the smoke and mirrors guys or gals um, are just, you know, they've had everything handed to them, so they don't have that grit, mm-hmm. that grind, mm-hmm. and they don't have it inside them right. to, to, to pull it out. Yeah. Yeah, as a recruit, I wasn't really paying too much attention to that, but when I became the drill instructor, oh yeah, it was my job. It was my job to sift the wheat and the weeds, um, and uh, it was my job to find the one who had the biggest, baddest, puffed-up chest right. and to destroy him um, to bring him down to ground level so that he could be rebuilt the Marine Corps way. Right. Uh, and that was fun. That was a whole lot of fun <laughs> to, to, to show him uh, that that I was the biggest, baddest in the room. I don't care where you come from or how big you are. You were the alpha dog, you man. You were the alpha dog. Yeah. yeah. So that was, that, was, that, was pretty, that was pretty fun. But, it, you know, what was more fun is uh, being able to strip – uh, young men of uh, all of the junk that they came from yeah. and out of and all of the things that was put in them so that we can rebuild a foundation of of core values, rebuild a foundation of correct character and attitude 
and how they view people, the world, yeah. uh, and discipline and self-control. That was the thing that was most valuable for me is to be able to allow them to achieve the dream that they came to achieve, right. not to have to send them home as less than right. what they came here to accomplish. That was my goal. Uh, and so whether you came with a puffed up chest or you came super humble and timid, my goal was to graduate you as the few, the proud, the top 1% of all fighting forces in the world. Yeah. So, so that's what I took pride in, man. I love that. I would think that would be, man, just light you up to see who they have become. You be a catalyst for that and that they never thought they could get through what they just got through. Yeah, that's the, that's, that's true, man. You know, um, you know, we do something called family day, uh, at the end of recruit training, uh, right before graduation where, um, they officially become Marines after the crucible, um, where we, you know, put them through some pain and wear and tear, uh, to test them. They become Marines to get their Eagle globe and anchor at a ceremony. Uh, and then that day or the next day, their family gets to come and see them for the first time the night before graduation. And, you know, so many times, you know, I, I got to shake the hands of mothers and fathers who couldn't even recognize their son. Yeah. Um, uh, couldn't even recognize little Johnny or, or James or, or Bobby. Right. Um, and that was the greatest, one of the greatest feelings in the world is to be able to hand a family back a man. Yeah. Um, who's ready to go out and, and be a productive member of society uh, and to do something that was bigger than themselves. Wow. That's amazing. So how long were you a drill instructor for? I was a drill instructor for about a year and a half okay. before I got kicked off of that duty. Really? Yeah. Oh, I want to hear that yeah. story. That's a story of transformation. So what happened there? Yeah, man. So I was about a year and a half in uh, as a drill instructor and I, I was a bit of a wild man, right? So I love to inspire, love to lead, love to train. Uh, but as a drill instructor, right, I can't just walk up to you and say, hey, I believe in you and pat you on the back and say, come on, let's go, right? You got to dial up the intensity in right. order to dial up the inspiration, right? It's got to be camouflaged. So I ended up dialing up the intensity a little bit too much, man, and I got relieved of my duties, uh, meaning they took my campaign cover away, my duty belt away, they took the title away, uh, and they said, you can't, you can't be a drill instructor anymore. Uh, and, man, talk about a blow. Uh, that was a that was a gut punch because remember that was my first and only dream right. I had for myself right. was to become a drill instructor and uh, I mean and I was great at it I was good I oh was I bet really, really good and I was on a I was on a trajectory to be um, probably one of the top drill instructors in in my you know company or battalion and uh, that was a gut punch uh, to what I thought I wanted for my life um, and everything came crashing down around me and. Um, kind of had to pick up the pieces from there, man. But it was, it was something that I thought was going to break me, but it ended up actually creating a path to something greater than I could have ever thought, planned, or imagined for my life. Yeah, when you're in the weeds, when you're in that spot, you don't see a whole lot of light at the end of the tunnel, and uh, you don't see sunshine. And it's amazing how you know, my mom always says, man, when you're going through hell, just keep going. <laughs> just keep going. And right. it's amazing what's on the other side. Yeah, yeah. There's so you, a scripture that I love, man, Psalms 23. It says, it says, uh, yea, though I walk to the valley of the shadow of death, right? And some, you know, and, and, and the part I love about that verse, it says I'm walking through the valley. 
Yeah. The shadow of death. I'm not staying. I'm not building right. a house. I'm not going. Keep on vacation, going, man. man. Yeah. I'm gonna walk walk through it, right? Because ninety percent of that time, ninety uh, percent of the time, that thing that you're in that is uncomfortable, is building a bridge to what you were, what you need to be stepping into. Right. Right. But but if somebody had to tell you that that was the path you had to travel, we would try to go around Rob, or we try to skip over it or jump over it. Right. Uh, but the way to What's next is through hell sometimes. Wow. Okay. So, um, did now did you were you still in the Marines or they took away your drill instructor? Or what happened from there? Yeah, they took away my drill instructor status. Um, uh, and at that point, I had three years left on my contract. Got it. Um, to to kind of rebound my career. Right. And you know, I knew from that point that it was going to take everything under the sun to rebound my career before it was time for me to get promoted right. in order for me to get promoted because the Marine Corps was, uh, they had been given a mandate by Congress to reduce the size of the force because okay. the war was quote unquote over. And this was uh, 2010, 11 issues when I got relieved of my duties as a drill instructor. So I had three years from that point to kind of do all that I could do to prepare for promotion three years later. Um, wow. So that's kind of where I ended up at. And then did you get promoted or do you promote out or do you do you, you were then out of the military? Yeah, man. So 2014 came, it was time for promotion. And, um, I got a letter from headquarters Marine Corps, um, which, you know, that's where they make all the decisions. Right. They sent me a letter and said, you know, Sergeant Davis, uh, you are no longer, uh, being retained. You didn't get selected for promotion. Uh, and you will not be allowed to extend to get another look at promotion. Uh, so, you know, you will exit the Marine Corps on your, uh, you know, your at the end of your contract as as right. per usual. Right. Uh, and so at that point, Rob, literally, I I looked, I looked at the paperwork, I looked at the calendar, and realized I had three months. Like literally, they had given me three months, um, <laughs> three months to pack my bags and figure out what I would do next. That was a life. gut punch. Uh, that was a gut man, punch. That was it. Yeah, man, the the tornado started right there. So what'd you do? Well, you know, Rob, I'm a I'm a I'm a husband, I'm a father, and um, depression set in because at that point I didn't have anything to offer my family, I didn't have anything to offer my wife. Um, you know, being a Marine was one of the highlights of my life. But the the truth is, is I was only 20% fulfilled and 80% miserable. And here's why I say that. I love leadership and inspiration, but that's the hallmark of a Marine. It's not the job description of a Marine, right? And so I spent most of my career trying to find leadership positions that will allow me to be who I am. But that was never, that was, that's not an MOS. That's not a military occupation uh, that you get paid to do. That's just what we do as Marines. And so, you know, I I spent 10 years in the Marine Corps hiding behind the mask of success, right? When I tell you I'm a Marine, when I tell you I was a drill instructor, right? You 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 automatically, you know, buck buck up because you you yeah. see a certain level of prestige, but I was hiding behind that knowing that even though I even though I was good at it, I was great at it, it's prestigious, there was more in me. Um and so when uh I got forced out at, at, at my 10 year mark. I knew that God was pulling my camouflage. 
no pun intended. I couldn't hide behind the success of being a Marine in my career anymore. Um, So I went to go see a therapist on base. Um, And, you know, number one, going to therapy as a Marine is unheard of. Number two, going to therapy as an African-American, as an African-American man is unheard of. But I didn't know where else to turn. And so at that point, Rob, I I, I didn't know what personal development was, right? I didn't know what coaching was. And so my therapist was my first coach. Uh, and so I, I, I went into therapy and I sat on that therapist's couch, just like I'm sitting across from you today. And I cried my eyes out. And I said, I said, Doc, you got to help me. I'm a grown man with a wife and two kids. I don't know what I was born to do, but I know I can't leave the Marine Corps and just be another number in somebody else's organization. All of my life, I knew in my heart that I was born to do something great. But my life, when I look at it, is average. Can you help me? And we, we talked for about four or five days. Um, and at the end of that fifth day, the, the therapist came back to me, Rob, and he said, listen, Ira, I've heard you talk over the last couple of days. And in my personal professional opinion, I believe that you were put on this earth to inspire people down to their bones, to go after their dreams. He's like, whatever that looks like to you, whether it's writing a book or speaking, I challenge you to go on the journey to figure that out. And man, I tell you, Rob, the epiphany light bulbs just start going off in my head for the first time. And I remember leaving therapy that day, going out to my car. It was a, it was a hot day. It had to have been July. And I remember sitting in my car crying and praying and saying, Lord, the epiphany light bulbs are going off all over the place about what I could be, what I could be here to do. Can you help me? What is, what is happening right now? And so I, man, I remember here at clear as day, I'm a man of faith. Uh, if you can't tell, I remember hearing clear this day and God was saying, bro, you've been looking for a tangible expression of your greatness your whole life. But it's the intangibles that I've always wanted to use. And now I'm ready to shift you and position you for purpose. So all that stuff you went through and all the things that you've been through, that was just me preparing you for the assignment that I'm about to shift you into. And so what you think you lost, you're not losing. I'm taking you to a new level. What feels like you're about to be broken to die. I'm just breaking you to rebuild you like Legos, right? Yeah. You you want it to be put together like what's on the box, but I'm going to take the design away and rebuild it the way that I want to build it. And man, it was revolutionary for me. And, and that was the moment where he started to tell me exactly who I was and what I had in me, right? He was like, listen, you're a transformational leader. You're a visionary leader. You're a pioneer. You're a phenomenal communicator. And you have the gift to show people things before they even you have the gift to show them the end before they can even see the beginning. And I want to send you on a crusade to inspire people to go after their wildest dreams. Wow. Um, and man, that that for me was revolutionary, Rob. Yeah, I just want you to know that I'm so glad that you broke through your fear. And I love how that's one of your one of your gifts of breaking through fear and got the therapy. Um, on a podcast, a lot of a lot of times on this show, we talk about suicide, and um, it's a fine line can happen very quick. So I'm very grateful and thrilled that you, you know, broke through that fear and did what was right for your family and for you um, to do that because I know you impact a lot of people's lives. So let's fast forward. So when did this begin? So now yeah. what happened? Another transformation for Ira. Yeah, man. I mean, and that was probably huge. I mean, that day, Rob, when 
God began to reveal to me the, the, the intangibles that he wanted me to use shifted everything in my life. It was like going from seeing black and white to being able to see the world in, in, in high definition in 4k. So great. Um, um, it was, it was, it was a moment in my life where God reintroduced me to me. Hey, Ira, I want you to meet Ira. And it was at that point where I really began to, um, destroy the perspective that I had been given, right. fed, accepted, and portrayed this version of me that was the version that I wanted everybody to accept based on the circles and the atmosphere that I was in. And I started saying, you know what, Rob, my favorite color is not green, it's actually red. Actually, I don't like this, I actually like that, right? Actually, I, I, I never liked that, I actually like this. Right. So uh, it was, a, it was a, a part in my life where I had to first recognize that there was a shift happening and allow it to happen, say yes to the shift that was happening in my life. Right. Number two, I had to recognize who I was, right? I had to figure out what was in me valuable to the world and other people that I can use now begin to serve other people. So I transitioned from that moment um, uh, into uh, taking this natural love for filmmaking that I had, Rob, um, of filming birthdays and anniversaries for family and friends on Best Buy Handicaps. Uh, and I, and, and, I used that and I turned that into a production company called 412 Studios um, where, um, you know, I was when I was going through this transition, I was looking for movies and content and things to inspire me as I was shifting and moving into this area of purpose. And I couldn't find the content out there, the movies, the films. And I remember God tapping me on my shoulder and say, tag, you're it. Go create it. And so this journey for me started with uh, making, you know, small documentaries and and kind of progressing from there in my studio, uh, which I still run, which we're still trying to raise a couple of million dollars to to build out a campus and movies. Love um, it. But it started for me there, man. Um, and then from there, it, it it steamrolled into, okay, now I want you to move from behind the camera, producing and directing, and I want you to step into speaking and coaching role. And in everything that you touch, I want you to coach through it. And so that's how we got from, you know, the Marine Corps to 412 Studios, which I still run, to the Dream Diver Company. It's been this progression of my purpose blossoming into different vehicles that will allow me to accomplish the same mission. Well, I love the story of how you started the Dream Diver. That's I want to hear that. Tell me the story about that. I yeah. love how it was nothing. It was some an idea you had, and you had no resources to do it, mm-hmm. and you made it happen. Mm-hmm. I love this story. Yeah, I love it, man. So, you know, in that three-month time period, man, when I got that notice from Marine Corps saying, hey, you're not getting extended to get another promotion, right. see your way out the front door in three months, um, my local leaders came to me and said, hey, listen, we heard that you're getting, you know, forced out. You can't, you know, you're not going to get another look at promotion. We want you to put together this course, this corporal's course, where you teach the first generation of Marine leaders how to be great leaders. Right. So, Rob, on one hand, I'm getting forced out. On the other hand, they're like, you're the greatest thing since sliced bread. Right. And here I am in the middle. Wow. Uh, And my leaders are like, hey, listen, can you put together this course from scratch where um, not only do you train the young Marines to be great, but you um, you you are in charge of a group of your peers as well who will be instructors underneath of you. Uh, So as I'm going through this therapy, as I'm going through this depression, as I'm going through this realization, now I'm in charge of this new course for young Marine leaders. Um, so I'm up at 2 a.m. in the morning, Rob, in, in my office watching YouTube. And I type in YouTube, 
motivational videos. Like I didn't know what personal development was at the time. Self, I didn't know anything about that industry. Right. And I type it in, man, and some of the greatest thought leaders came up and just blew my breath away. I watched one video, then the next video, then the third video. And then this fourth video came on, and it was a skydiving video. And I'm thinking to myself, like it's pitch black, dark, 2 a.m. I'm thinking to myself, why would YouTube recommend a skydiving video after motivational videos? Like I don't, I don't get it. So I said, okay, YouTube, I'll play your game, right? I'll watch this video. And so I sat there and I watched this skydiving video in my office. And I began to get short of breath while I was watching these guys and girls just fly through the air. And I was getting short of breath and having anxiety like I was in the air with them, Rob. And I pulled back from my desk and I prayed. I said, God, what are you showing me? And I remember hearing them clear as day in my, in my head saying, you see skydiving, but I want you to call it dream diving. I'm like, what is that? He was like, listen, you can't hit a target you don't have and a target you can't see. And I'm looking for people who are willing to get their feet off the ground, go to 13,000 feet, burn the boats, lose control, step into the impossible, aim their life at the thing that I've called them to do that's bigger than them. Those will be the people who build and create and innovate and change the world for forever. And I'm calling you to lead that crusade. It's called Dream Diving. And I'm like, it's 2 a.m., Rob, and I'm fired up. I'm pumped. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'm all in. Let's go. And then he hits me with, with the final blow, Rob. He says, by the way, you will become a skydiver. And I'm like, time out. <laughs> I think Not you and I have had these conversations you before. Can, like you, my, you see my hands? Like we're on video. I know, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Not not doing it. No. I said I'm terrified of heights even to this day. I am oh. I, like you couldn't pay me to dive off of my desk and it's only a couple feet in the air. Okay, so Iris, so check this out. So my very dear friend Rebecca is listening to this show right now and they invited me to a confidence course this weekend. It was my birthday weekend, they invited me to a confidence course. I am terrified of heights. I've done a flying trapeze, yeah. I've done a helicopter, and I <laughs> I just, I didn't do it. They did it, and it, it was it, great for them. But I'm just sweating, like I'm just sweating profusely right now. It's amazing, the fear of heights. And so here's the thing: I wasn't afraid of heights when I was a kid. Um, when I was in radio, I almost fell over a roof, a three story roof, and I was held, I was grabbed, and I was facing face down. That had an impact on me mentally. I'll admit it. And I don't like to be very high. Like um, for my birthday party, I was on the ladder. And the thing about it is, is that I don't like being up there. And it's it's really weird. It, yeah, no, uh, I'm just getting all. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I know. I, well, I'm glad. I, I I'm glad to you. hear that. I'm glad to hear. I agree with you. I know, but I'm glad to hear that you're with me because I just thought you were like this super yeah. freaking badass marine that jumped out of planes and all this stuff and it's just in your blood and here you go come check it out i love mm -hmm. that you have fear that makes it a little bit different let me tell you something man um fear is one of those things i don't care who you are there's gonna be some areas in your life that you are terrified of yeah period for some people they can dive out of planes have absolutely no fear. That's not their thing. That's not their area of fear. But I'm not afraid of speed. Them. I can go. I've been in a Lamborghini yeah. Dorado, and we went almost 200 miles an hour, and that was no problem. I've been on a, in a stock car at PIR going 140 miles an hour in their lap, and I'm like, no problem. Get me, yeah. get see, me four feet, is, get me four feet off the ground. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I don't like that. <laughs>
I've even yeah, been in a ring. The, I've even done MMA fighting. Not a problem. I was in boxing and Muay Thai. Yeah. I've been punched. I've been beat up. Not a problem. Yeah. But, but yeah, heights? No. And so here's how we translate this. I want to get back to the story, but here's how we translate overcoming physical fear to overcoming psychological fear. Because there's going to be some things that you are called to in your life, in the area of your purpose and your dreams to serve other people that will legitimately terrify you and it could keep you from being who you were created and called to be. You're the man of action. And most people don't take action because of some some kind of psychological fear Absolutely. that has a death grip on them. Absolutely. And so I am not impressed by people who can do amazing things and be absolutely fearless. That doesn't impress me. Show me the man or woman who does the thing that scares them to death and they become fearless. They allow fear to have less control over their action absolutely. so they can do that they were called to do, right? If you're not scared to dive out of the stratosphere from the moon onto the earth like some Red Bull guy did, I'm not impressed. Show me the guy who's sweating under his armpits and his knees are knocking and he does it anyway. Oh, yeah. That's the guy that I want to follow. That's the guy who can lead me to the stratosphere, right? And so uh, I'm here today to tell you that Ira Davis is not a fearless guy. I just choose to fear less. I love that. I know that That's on great. the other side, on the other side of what I've been called to do, there are some people who are counting on me. They are watching my example as a blueprint that will inform what they can or cannot do in the area of their assignment. And so, man, I was sitting there watching this film and I told you, and God said, Hey, you're going to have to become a skydiver. And I was like, time out. I don't, I'm terrified of heights. And here's what he said to me to change my perspective. He said, I have too many people who are speaking and teaching and preaching things that they don't live. The analogies that they don't live, you won't be one of them. And so when you start diving out of planes, the whole world will stop and look because you're not the kind of guy who dives out of planes. You're not the kind of guy who does it fearlessly. You're the kind of guy who does it because it's going to be an example for other people. And so that is why. I dive out of planes and that is why I take people diving out of planes because it is a commitment and an analogy that solidifies obedience, sacrifice, investment, and going all in on the thing that you were created to do. That's bigger than you. If you've been called to something that's bigger than you, it's going to terrify you. Like I was watching that video. Oh, I was yeah. getting short of breath. When your dream is bigger than you, it's going to get you short of breath every now and then it's going to make you pee on yourself. Every now and it's going to make you look at yourself in the mirror and say, are you crazy or am I crazy? Right. You're talking to yourself. Are you crazy or am I, I crazy? Got right? it. And so this and so that's the same thing that's going through the mind when I'm on the plane and on the mind of my clients when they're on the plane. Like, are you crazy or am I crazy? No, we're about to die for these crazy dreams. And when we get back on the ground, when I send you back to the thing that you were called to do, there is nothing that you can't do. There is nothing that you can't do. Hundred percent, right? I agree. So, Rob, 100%. hopefully that answers your question. It does. Okay, so uh, as we wrap things up, I just want to hear the story. I just want people to hear the story of how you made this happen, where you now have a place where you do the 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 dive your dreams. Like that's so cool. Yeah. I love it. How it's just so great. Just tell me. I love it, man. So it was about two, three years ago. Um, we have 
this amazing skydiving facility here in Southern California where, where I'm based out of. I uh, call Skydive Lake Elsinore, and we've adopted them as our headquarters for all of our live events and experiences. And so I, I, I always knew in the back of my mind in 2014-15 when, when I started to get this idea and vision for the Dream Diver Company way before we had even created it, I knew eventually one day that I would take people skydiving with me to change their life as I poured into them and coached them. And so I brought on a COO a couple of years ago, and we started formulating this plan and so I went to the, the owner of Skydive Elsinore, and I said, listen, this is who I am. My name is Ira Davis, the chief dream diver. Uh, I'm a dream development coach, and I am on a mission to help world-class leaders who know in their heart that they were born to do something bigger, more purposeful, and legendary, to help them discover their purpose, unlock and die for their most audacious dreams, and to help them destroying fear so that they can become the purpose-driven pioneers that they were called and created to be. I said, I told them my story, just like I told you what happened to me in the Marine Corps and where I am now and what I'm trying to do. I said, I would love to be able to host transformational life-changing events here at this drop zone to change people's lives like none other. I didn't have any money. I didn't have a whole staff of people. I didn't have 19,000 million followers. I didn't have any of it, but I had a clear and compelling vision. I knew who I was and what I was called to do. Right. And I, and I, and I went in there, my CEO and I, it was the founder in the gym, and I laid out the vision for what we were trying to do. And by the time we got done with that meeting, he stood up, he stood up, the owner stood up, I stood up, he's much older than I am. He stood up and and he put his hand down. He said, Young man, grab my hand. And I grabbed his hand. He said, Look me in my eyes. I looked him in his eyes and he said, Let's go give Tony Robbins a run for his money. That's what he said to me. Eyeball to eyeball, three years ago. Fast forward to, to April 2021 of this year, at the tail end of what we are calling a pandemic, we launched and executed our first live event with only 30 days notice, preparation, practice, and launching. And 20 people from around the country flew in to Southern California to skydive Elsinore, and they hosted us. We packed out a beautiful uh, facility, had an amazing day of transformation where I got to pour in and coach these incredible purpose-driven pioneers in the area of their purpose and dreams. And then in the afternoon, we took them up to 13,000 feet and we helped them destroy the biggest fears of their lives so that they can come down and destroy the biggest fears of their lives. And we sent them home. And man, some of these people cannot stop emailing us, stop DMing us, stop texting us about what that transformation has done for them in the area of their faith, their finances, their business, and everything beyond. We had people who showed up, they were afraid of their own shadow. By the time they left that event, they felt like they can walk up to the biggest person on the block and and, and knock their head off, right? And I mean that metaphorically, I that whatever you. was in their life that was yeah, holding yeah. them hostage, yeah. they knew that they could step up to that giant and chop their head off of it so that they can move forward in their purpose, man. And so, yeah, man, that that's that's how we get here today. And now we're planning for our next live event series with the drop zone. Right. And, and so I'm up there all the time talking to the owners and the founders are like, Hey, whatever you need, we got you. You need private planes. You need instructors, whatever you need. We got you. So my message for anybody who's listening today is, is it doesn't matter where you are today, or what you've been through or what has you stuck. When you have a dream that's bigger than you, when you have a purpose that's larger than life, when you are committed to what you've been called to do, 
and you say it and share it in such a way that is convicting and compelling to the people who hear you, who find you, who are in front of you, there is no door that could not and cannot and will not be open for you if people believe what's coming out of your mouth and you are a man or woman who backs up the transformational journey that you've lived with what you are trying to birth. So hopefully that answers your question, Rob. I love it. Ira, you are fear less. Like what you did? <laughs> Man. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you want to reach Ira, check him out at dreamdiver.co. And uh, he's an amazing guy. I, I really... Him and I, man, instant instant friends. Just love this guy. Super cool. I'm all about fear and living a life of inspired action. And he has elevated it by jumping out of a plane at 13,000 feet. Ira, thank you so much for being here today. Rob, I can't wait to see you at 13,000 feet. Yep, and I said it in front of all of your fans oh. and listeners. So I can't wait for the follow-on episode where Rob tells you all about the experience. Oh, my God. Okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> my face is all red look at that oh yeah man oh okay well yeah maybe i'll bring my uh we'll do a podcast from there we'll do a show from the ground and then we'll just like from ground zero. ground zero ground zero there we go okay well yeah as i regain my composure ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for your support and taking the time of your very busy and precious day to listen we so appreciate it Thank you for allowing me, along with my very special guest, Ira Davis, to touch your heart, move your soul, and inspire you to live a life of transformation. I'm Rob Actis. Until next time. This is Life Transformation Radio. Download complete.